Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello. It's 2.35 p.m. Mountain Time in Roswell, New Mexico. 4.35 p.m. in New York City, and 1.35 p.m. in Los Angeles, and you're listening to Night Call. I'm Emily Oshida, and you are listening to Night Call, a podcast to keep you company during these strange days and lonely nights. And joining me on the line in Los Angeles, two of my favorite pod people in the world. Want to introduce yourselves? I'm Molly Lambert. And I'm Tess Lynch. And give us a call and leave a message at 1-240-46-NIGHT. That's 240-466-4448. Leave us your thoughts, theories, ask us for advice. We might have some. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, we're just here to to be your chat buddies, really. Um, How are you guys doing? How's Los Angeles? I was just there yesterday. No, you just left one second ago. It's yeah. still like bizarrely unseasonably hot, which is strange. It's terrible. It's really pretty bad. <laughs> I was complaining that it was cold, but right now it's like 85 degrees, uh, which is crazy. It's a big spread. It yeah. gets cold at night, which I'm into. I was it- sitting by a pool mm, not 48 hours ago, and now I am wearing snow boots <laughs> and a hat. And I feel like garbage. So <laughs> it's a really good state of mind to kick things off. In. Well, I have the perfect thing to take your mind off that, which is uh, naked mole rats. <laughs> because 
Whether you're warm or cold, it doesn't matter. We have to talk about naked mole rats. Um, we're this all naked me, mole rats underneath. We are all naked mole rats. I just want to say that we're at my apartment right now, and Tess showed up with a stack of papers. Yes, I did. Printed off the internet. For sure. <laughs> information I mean, about naked mole rats. There used to be um, an exhibit on naked mole rats in the zoo that I, uh, the town I grew up in, and they were like, they were really trying to push naked mole rats as like a viral animal. I love like, them. <laughs> I'm not sold on their looks. Well, first of all, let me tell you that the reason that I found the papers that I printed from the internet, as Molly pointed no, out. I love from it. the it internet, you say? On, from the internet. <laughs> it's very professional. Is because last week there was a viral video of a rat taking a shower like a man or a woman, <laughs> washing his or her body with soap. And then everyone realized that it wasn't a rat. It was... Um, a different kind of animal with no tail. What's it what called? What is it? Pacaranda. Wait, no, Pacarana. Hold on. I'm going to sift through. That doesn't make it any less impressive to Pacarana. me. I don't Not think sure it's real. I'm pronouncing it right. Hmm? I don't think it's real. I've seen this rat. I've seen this Pacarana. Pacaranda. Uh, wait, Pacarana. Pacarana. It has no D. I put in the D to see if you were paying attention. You are. You passed. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of pachyderms. Yeah. I've seen this video and I don't believe that it's real. You think I, it's a doctored shower rat video? I do. I think that somebody made a fake shower rat. Is that because you're skeptical of all viral rat videos since Pizza Rat was exposed as a hoax? Was Pizza Rat exposed? I liked Pizza Rat. I liked his spirit. I liked Pizza Rat better than this rat. Everybody liked Pizza Rat. It was totally a setup. Yeah. It was. What, what was the deal? Do you remember what the deal with debunking that was? Uh, I think some girl admitted it was her. She was like, I thought it was a funny thing to do. So I did it. Uh, I don't know I'm sure Ben Hosley, that. who we should you know acknowledge up front as the man behind the knobs, he is shaking his head extremely skeptically about this. What is the truth about Pizza Rat? It's not a hoax. It's not a hoax. <laughs> no, because uh, the guy who filmed his name is Matt, and he's a UCB guy, and uh, I can confirm that that footage is real. It's oh, true. you're telling me a UCB guy made a viral video and it's it a wasn't planned? That's all they <laughs> they live to make viral videos, those UCB guys. I just don't understand how you could manipulate a video of, you know, rats can't play along. Like, shower rat, Is I don't that know. Is true? Do you know it's a lot a puppet. about rats? Well, I know that rats laugh. It's made me like them more. They do. <laughs> um, I like rats. I've been known to have to be dragged away from gutters because I want to, like, rescue a rat and make it my friend. Uh, it's a movie, puppet. It has to be Ratatouille, a puppet. Maybe they use the technology from Ratatouille. Yes. You know, Ratatouille was, um, I didn't like Ratatouille. I'm sorry. It's, it's an unpopular it's one of those, opinion. No, it's because it's one of those Pixar, Brad Bird, Ain't It's Rand a Randian. Movies. It's a yeah. Randian narrative. But it's also, like... You you sell it to your kid as something that you can both enjoy, and then there's a lady with a shotgun, like, shooting everywhere, and it was so unexpected. I was like, I thought this was about cooking. <laughs> it's not at all. Are you sure you didn't watch Bambi? Yeah, I, well, no, I haven't watched Bambi with my children. I'm not a, you know, sadist. I'm not a monster. Wait, yeah. <laughs> Wait so Tess, Tess t- yeah. tie together the naked mole rats and the, and the sewer rat. I want to understand the connection here. Or are we just here in celebration of... Of vermin in general. You said sewer. I think you meant shower. Shower, so sewer. I'm just going to say. <laughs> it's all the it's, same for a rat. Get with the times, Emily. So listen, <laughs> on Gizmodo today, 
um, which is not today for anyone listening to this, but it it will always be today for me. You just dated us so bad. I know. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But it's really it's for it's a sciencey thing. So it's you know, I'm trying to be honest. It says naked mole rats could theoretically live forever. And these naked mole rats who have like, I don't know, they're hideous. They're wrinkly. They have like tusks coming out of their noses. They've got like the weird eyes. Anyway, they're being studied at the research firm Calico, which is owned by Google. And they have these mole rats. And in captivity, I guess most animals like the naked mole rat live like six years. These guys have been going for like 35 years. And sometimes they'll die of, I think one of the things was periodontal disease, but also just like regular, you know, diseases. But if they don't get sick, they just keep going. And they're like 35 years old. So they're being studied to see if maybe we can copy a naked mole rat. Okay. As soon as you said Calico. Right. Yeah. Calico is like the scariest company. It's the scariest company. That's why I thought you guys might want to talk about (laughs) this naked mole rat. No, I totally do. Because it's like. All those Silicon Valley dudes want to live forever, which is crazy like to want to do. Like Peter injecting yeah. his veins yeah. with the blood. Yeah. Of um, mole rats. Is he going to vampire mole rats? Is he going to make I a just... mole rat slurry to to guzzle down at his sex orgies? <laughs> or perhaps a vinegary <laughs> shrub of mole rat juice. I was just reading that Quincy Jones GQ interview that will also date when this podcast was recorded. Um, but he talks about how he was uh, had dinner with Lenny Riefenstahl because he was a fan, which is obviously <laughs> crazy. Uh, he sort of buys the uh, she did nothing wrong element, which is not true. She sucks. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I, can't, I don't understand how that's even an argument that gets any credence at all anymore. Um, like, somebody made it in the 70s that she was like a great woman woman filmmaker uh, and they were wrong. We have she to do sucks. better. She um, also we can do like, better as yeah. as far as female filmmakers go. We have lots women. of we have yeah. lots of alternatives at this point. For sure. So he had dinner with her, and she told him that all the Nazis were on drugs all the time, which I think is now sort of openly known because of that book Blitzed. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but she was like, "Yeah, like Hitler was on coke all day, every day, and all the high ranking Nazis were like on coke and meth." So I was looking up stuff about that, and then I saw that one of the other things the Nazi doctors did was they injected Hitler with bull semen. What? As what? like a, <laughs> I don't. I think we got to this from injections. <laughs> <laughs> we've um, gone. We've we've gone from zero to bull. Well, that's semen very like work. it's like Peter Thiel injecting himself with the virgin blood. Man, this podcast is going to get sued by Hulk Hogan, isn't it? <laughs> I hope. Oh, it's so. too early. We gotta build up some steam first. Uh, and that would be really great publicity. First welcome. episode, suit <laughs> already. Night call. We'll all go on trial. We'll... Why did they inject him with bull semen though? Because it was like uh, like an aphrodisiac, supposedly. Because but why it was would like... he want an aphrodisiac? Wouldn't he just want like he would adrenaline? Want it when he would no. He wanted. Um, it was when he was going to to make love to uh, the disgusting Eva Brown. Yeah. Oh my god. Disgusting. Horrible people. Uh, <laughs> But Fun. yeah, all the weird, all the weird uh, doping. Anyway, thought of that, thinking about people injecting themselves with stuff to live forever. Would you inject yourself with naked mole rat serum if you thought that, like, would you be, you know, a test subject for something that could make you basically immortal? Or no. Whatever? No? Mm, no? Why would you want to live forever? Sorry. I mean, 
I feel That's like my feeling. I'm gonna be so tired by the time I'm like whatever age. I'm already I'm tired. Well, I'm that's already a very tired tuck too. everlasting stance, Some, I suppose. Sometimes I like hear about something that'll happen in the far off future, and I'm like, oh, thank God, I'll be dead. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's <laughs> that's one way in which like your average Silicon Valley dude is not like they are not like the rest of us. Yeah, no, <laughs> Silicon also, Valley like, guys, they're not like us. They uh, also like just got powerful, so they want to hang on to like their ability to have sex with women. Yeah, they're, they're having the orgies now. Yeah, their newfound orgy abilities. Yeah, they want to last as long as possible. You know what movie I enjoyed, and I know Emily enjoyed, and I'd love to spend one second talking about is the movie Paddington Two. Oh shit. Can we do a Paddington 2 transition right now? Yeah, let's Just talk Paddington about Paddington Corner. 2. Yeah. <laughs> Paddington Marmalade Corner. Okay, we're calling an audible. It's Paddington time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to listen because I haven't seen Paddington 2. Sorry. Paddington on, 2. Okay, Paddington 1, great movie. Excellent movie. Paddington 2, one of the, like, I, I actually feel like it's going to be hard to top this year as far as films go i was so delighted by this movie why wait this is so mystifying to me i'll tell you why okay Okay. so my friend was like let's go see paddington 2 uh and i was mystified but i was like that'll be fun whatever i'll go see a movie at the americana but then like as the trailers were running i was like oh no what have i done because it was all children's movies trailers so they were all either like insufferably twee or like so grating and i was like oh no like kids movies are bad i don't want to see a kids movie they're bad but yeah. then Paddington 2 is like a lovely, delightful movie full of British character actors uh, that is not pandering or somehow not twee, even though it's Paddington and is just a delight. And I was like, mm-hmm. why is this so good? So then I looked it up and it's the guy who directed all the Mighty Boosh episodes. Boosh. Oh, yeah. So it's like a British alternative comedy but for kids, uh, it's so good. It's yeah. like, just a great, I mean, yeah, it's just delightful. It's like, a movie just, that like addresses kids at their level and not yeah. in a, not in a way that makes not them feel dumb. Not in a Pixar dumb. way. Yeah. Like more, the, I think that I, I wrote a review of it and I compared it to like Babe, I think is a yeah, good comparison totally. point. And also like the Muppet movies, early Muppet movies mm, where yeah. it's, it's just kind of like silly humor. None of it is like, there's, there's not really like toilet humor or anything. It's just like silliness and, and silliness that that uh, that kids and and uh, adults could appreciate without it being like in jokes for the adults. You know? Silly and sometimes like a little dark. Yeah. Um, and it all takes place on like Portobello Road. It's very charming in every possible way. I mean, the best the the main plot point of Paddington too is that Paddington goes to jail and he makes jail like beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, it's Wait, also, what was his crime? Uh, his crime is, is he, a spoiler. he stole a it's, pop-up book. Yeah, he's framed. But it's also, it's a great movie because it's like a, against classism. It's like... It's an judge. anti-Brexit film. It's an anti-Brexit movie, although it does adhere to a false good immigrant narrative that only the immigrants who accomplish like great right, things like sure. Paddington deserve to stay. But it also is like, it's about like the prisoners, like Paddington's adopted father, human father, like judges the prisoners... And then, like, can't see that Hugh Grant, who's the villain and is amazing, is evil because he's posh, you know? Yeah. And everyone's like, can't you see? He's just like a scammer with a posh accent. And these prisoners are like good people who didn't deserve to go to jail necessarily or who can, like, 
get out of jail and live lives and, you know, redeem themselves. Uh, it's such a good movie. It's so good. It's like the world is a better place for that movie being around. That's And that's about the highest compliment I can give to a movie. Yeah, I was uh, like shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. Even like CGI Bear, I was like, I don't know about this. But then I was oh, like. Oh, no. It's cute. It, a it's very, very, cute. very cute. Uh, yeah. Okay. Paddington Two. Paddington Two Corner uh, is, is shut down for this episode. Um, <laughs> what if I have more feelings about Paddington Two? I just want to talk about how Hugh Grant looks so great. Uh, His name because- is Phoenix something. He is an actor. And yeah. He, he he's a master <laughs> of disguise. Some of um, the jokes are like silly names. Yeah. yeah, he's like a he's a he's like a West End actor who treads the boards. I love Hugh Grant. Still. Oh, he's so great. I can't help it. But at it's all. also like he also he- has has pictures around his house of him as a younger, handsomer man. But it's just pictures of Hugh Grant, right? Which right. is hilarious. <laughs> but here's what I was gonna say: is like he looks hot because he doesn't look like a Botox monster. No, he like has lines in he's his face. He's creased, but in a like he's creased. But know. I'm like, oh, I'm old, so like I find him hot old now. But is also creased like, is is creased like slang like thick like oh man he creased like, he just creased. coined it right now he creased he creased with yeah. two d's yeah creased. or maybe like three s's and two d's it was just very like refreshing to see like creased a, yeah uh, see a human cre- being's face it's like instead of zaddy yes yeah totally <laughs> he's creased because you know i find zaddy a little like sometimes i'm like I don't know. Oh, wait. Can we drop this out of nowhere that Molly just made an incredible connection between two of our favorite television shows that I had not been aware of until. Oh, yeah. I've been watching Cheers, the prequel to Frasier. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. The famous uh, (laughs) prequel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I was trying to say there. Um, (laughs) It's a good film about a bar. It's a good film about a bar. Uh, An old timey illustrations show yeah yeah. i always thought that show was about um it takes place in the 1900s i'm pretty sure yeah Yeah. definitely uh i watched the episode where i've been watching the season where fraser is introduced which is season three he's introduced as like and i sort of realized because i've never watched tears all the way through i've seen like a cheers a cheers here and there but yeah i didn't realize how much fraser is just like a male diane Mm -hmm. yes they were like oh we're introduced because they date right yeah they date and he's like the um the opposite of Sam, who's like the yeah the, the sexy playboy. He's like more working class. Or, well, no, he was a he was an athlete, but he's more like you know. Well, a that guy's show is guy. also super about classism. Yeah, yeah. Among but just among like white people in Boston. Yeah, it's like slobs versus snobs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we I watched the episode where Fraser's mother appeared and realized that his mother, who appears in one episode, whose name is Hester Crane in the episode, is played wow. by Nancy Marchand. AKA Livia Soprano. Wait, really? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> and it's amazing because she's like, uh, she's, you know, Nancy Marchand and she's amazing. Uh, she's that's actually so bringing a similar be- vibe. Because her the mom is supposed to be dead in um in Frasier. They, they retcon um, it for Frasier. But then I don't know if they ever explain that or if there's like an event. They never explain it, but it could still work with this chronology because the mom is like she's uh, she's like a Boston, like a snotty Boston rich lady, I think is the idea. But then like she sends Frazier to the bar to get a drink. She was she disapproves of Diane because Diane is like a lowly barmaid. Right. But she sends Frazier to get a drink and then she turns to Diane and she's like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) 
<laughs> she um, says, if you don't stop dating my son, Fraser, I'm going to kill you. And then Diane kind of laughs and she's like, no, I'm serious. I have a gun. <laughs> and it's amazing. I'm uh, so glad that there's a connection. Like, yeah. So it's all one shared. Everything is one universe. show. It's all one show. So speaking of shared universes, I guess we're going to talk about Black Mirror. Um, Black Mirror, I'd like to think is um, along with Frasier, a show that we made popular. Um, It's all us. Thank you. uh, Or you're welcome, Charlie Brooker. Um, We are. Yeah, we'll be expecting our checks in the mail. Uh, yeah. No, but we we used to talk about Black Mirror a ton just off of the first couple episodes that aired in the UK um, on our old podcast, Girls and Hoodies, on the Grantland Network. When it and was available, when we had to hop on the had, plane and we, fly to the UK, we got so many frequent flyer miles off of that. Like, remember that you guys, so much fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I got I got those upgrades. Um, yeah. It was great. Um, but yeah, we so we were uh, we were early appreciators, I, I would say, of the show, and now it's kind of become this whole thing. Like, I this website that I work for, Vulture.com, posted around the time that the the new se- the most recent season on Netflix came out, a, um, a, a their ranking of the best Black Mirror episodes, and it's been at the top of the site for like a month now. Like, suddenly Black Mirror is this thing that everybody wants to talk about, or is like weirdly divisive somehow. Um, but we wanted to talk about the most recent episodes, even though it's a little old, because I know some people are catching up to them still, myself included. I haven't watched all of the newest season. I'm it's sorry, never everybody. old because it's in the future. That's right. right. Yeah. You know, well, which, but wait, actually, this is I... an interesting question because I feel like there are now at this point some Black Mirror episodes that are in the past now, comparatively. Well, in the past, but it's always like just slightly. It, it's supposed to be anywhere from like ten minutes in the. F- I think the quote was ten minutes, 10 in, minutes the future, in the future. If we're, if we're messing up, okay. But yeah. going with that, if the prime minister fucked a pig, and we're now in the prime minister fucked a pig, <laughs> that's true. Life. That's true. Then we can lay out where we're. I gonna mean, go. we kind of are. You know, like yeah. I feel like I feel like if the equivalent happened in, in the United States, it would. I mean. It, our 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 president has has symbolically fucked a pig many times over at this point, and and we've kept. He's going, probably so. also literally fucked a pig. That's I true. Mean, well, I mean, we also that, that actually do. happened. Do you remember when? Uh, uh, oh God, why am I blanking on the prime minister's name now? But David prime, Cameron. That's yeah. what I'm saying. We're in the timeline where the thing predicted by Black Mirror actually happened. Yeah, yeah. So that, so that means one is all in the, the things past. predicted by Black Mirror will now happen, well, yeah. like can, in a Black Mirror. As an aside, may I ask if you guys have favorite episodes of Black Mirror, even though with the caveat that you have not seen all of them yet, of from yeah. this season, from all all time. You can list a few. You can list. I top mean, three my, if my you want. favorite is is um, fifteen million merits. Yes, yeah, that's. Uh, that's mm-hmm. That one, I feel like a lot of people don't like it just because of the bike stuff or it feels a little too on the nose and everything. But um, I think where it gets to at the end about like how it's impossible to actually make protest art because it all gets um, co-opted right. <laughs> by capitalism is like completely depressing, but also I think still extremely relevant. Um, and Daniel Kaluuya is in it and the Oscar nominated Daniel Kaluuya is in it mm-hmm. and he is great. Um, yeah, I love that episode. It's it's like totally, I, I, I don't know. I feel all of it, all of its points. <laughs> Molly, do you have one? 
I like that one where the guy breaks his glasses and then he can't read any of the books. Oh, all the time <laughs> in the world. The classic 1960s Black Mirror. <laughs> I forget that guy's name. I used to remember that episode. I, I like had memorized. That was your favorite episode. It was my all, yeah, all the time right? in the world. Um, okay. I So I'm going to propose, basically, there were a bunch of um, articles on this. There's one from... Wired by Miranda Katz that kind of posits that we're, you know, reaching like the singularity. So it says um, that since the purchase from Netflix, Black Mirror has begun to chip away at its episodic edges. And basically, you know, there is some kind of like unifying unit. It's not just, a you know, an anthology, really. It kind of all belongs to its own universe. And there are all these Easter eggs and stuff that are sprinkled throughout. And I think particularly in the fourth season, um, especially most obviously in the finale, um, which is the Black Museum, they kind of go through and, and link a bunch of things. But there was this super interesting um, article on Screen Crush by E. Oliver Whitney, and the proposal is the chronological list of episodes that begins with National Anthem, which is obviously the, the pig fucking, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, and then, I, yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, knew that we dropped those kind of things in our first episode of our mm-hmm, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting because a lot of the chronology, like a lot of this hypothesis rests on a news ticker that shows up in episodes like across all the seasons where, you know, there will be like a news broadcast in the background of whatever's going on. And if you read the news ticker, it'll reference um, incidents that have happened in other episodes so you can kind of loosely place them on a timeline this isn't this is in black museum this happens no so this is actually there's there are the news tickers are like in all sort in all different episodes the black museum basically spoilers go away spoilers if you haven't you don't want them okay well i'll just say that the black museum is essentially a tour of the future created by black mirror um but but it is not the last episode of, you know what I mean? It's it's not the final episode in the timeline. It could be the series finale, though. Yes, but there is. But there's a, a more there's one that's further in the future that would, you know, probably if you're if you kind of look into the world that it takes place in. But basically, it's the, what does it say is the furthest in the future? OK, so the furthest in the future is Metalhead. Oh, okay. Yeah, Did you yeah, see yeah. Metalhead? No, but I know what it's about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the like most dystopian. That's the one ones. that's shot in black and white. And yes. It's about like robot dogs. And right. there's something of like the ones that are shot in black and white or maybe later or or no, not later, but they're they might indicate that um the people you're seeing are actually digital copies. <laughs> can I can I submit an opinion right now? Please. Yeah. That I think that this is like the least interesting thing to talk about with Black Mirror. Look, <laughs> like I the agree. idea of a chronology with it. I agree. I, I mean, I don't think it's the least interesting thing. I think it's totally interesting. But I also think that like. It's like I, a goof, though, on the part of Booker, Brooker. Like it's it's like I don't feel like it's like getting to the soul of why the show is or what it's doing. But it's like the but t- I, it's totally the kind of thing that people will get obsessed with on the internet like it's it's the kind of person i mean there are definitely easter eggs in this season especially in black museum it's like a museum of artifacts and there are just artifacts in the background that are like things from other episodes uh 
But like know, that, that, I haven't seen that episode yet. But that like worries. Like I, in general, I love I love Black Mirror. I'm like I'll defend it against the haters or whatever. But like when it gets up its own ass too much, that's when I'm kind of like, eh. You know. I totally agree. I I did not think that Black Museum was one of the strongest episodes. I, I actually thought that this was the weakest season, but I still loved it a lot. But I think what's actually more interesting than figuring out the chronology is basically, you know, there are these different kinds of, you know, technological gadgets or whatever, a contact lens that then becomes something that's a grain implanted in the mm-hmm. brain and all that. So I guess what's interesting about it is not really just trying to say, oh, it's a it's a linear story of what happens. But basically, like, where does Charlie Brooker see the technology? If it all belongs to the same universe, then mm-hmm. how does the progression kind of go? Right. Yeah, I feel like it belongs to the same universe in that it's like the universe in Charlie Brooker's brain. Yeah. And yeah. There are certain things that just obviously like, I, you know, I think he's a genius. And I think that it's amazing. He's come up with like a million new concepts for all these episodes. But I also like think that there are probably limitations, you know, or just that because of how the brain works, you're going to repeat ideas or right. And it'll know. be skewed to like he is like, I I didn't see if he I, I when I first watched the first episode of the season the USS Callister I didn't know that it was one of his but then as it went on I was like this is like a total like written and directed well let's Charlie talk Brooker. about that episode because I think we all watched that one. yeah and I think that was maybe the best episode yeah, yeah I agree. that episode is great and I was so encouraged by that because I really didn't like the last season very well at all oh you didn't um, no I didn't I thought it, a lot of I don't know I just thought a lot of the production values seemed off and. There was a little too much of the like, is your mind blown by by how awful the world is type stuff. Well, it like, went from being like a BBC show or Channel 4 or whatever it was to being a Netflix show. Yeah. So it got like a big budget. And sometimes I do feel like when people get a big budget and they can like do too many things, you're like, oh, you actually worked better with limitations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I th- I felt like it then got like I th- people really like um, what's it called? Um, San Junipero. Well, no, I love San Junipero. San Junipero is great, <laughs> but but what's the one the the one with Bryce Dallas Howard in it? Oh, Nosedive. No yeah. Okay. So that one is. I just feel like it looks bad. Like it doesn't. And the idea of it, like the, I feel like that episode is the kind of thing that people are making fun of when they make fun of Black Mirror because it's like. Uh, I don't know. It's like the computers, but what if too much type thing? Uh, and I, I really liked playtest. I loved playtest. I, I actually play liked nosedive. Though, I liked playtest, and I've been thinking about it a lot. <coughs> Sorry, let me start. Whoa. Again. <laughs> uh, I liked playtest, and I was thinking about it a lot after the Logan Paul suicide forest yes. scandal. Oh my god! Because I was like, that is what he deserves, and also he's the same kind of like blonde american doofus (laughs) yeah like trap you in a video game forever for being the worst person in the world yeah yeah no Um, i also i I watched that episode on a big screen and i feel like it made a big difference yeah scared the fuck out of me but also i was like scanning the frame the whole time like in a horror uh jump out video or video game where you're just like looking for something scary to click on i think that i that was one of my favorite episodes last season too but i think like the low point is something like um uh, shut up and dance which is just like it's just that sort of like white bear which I, I I've come around a little bit on white bear but I still don't really like it that much because it like just it. it scared me the first time it's I feel scary but I feel like shut it's up not... and dance I'm like I'm an idiot because I got tricked but there's I, I no reason like, like I mean, it's not a good dance. trick because it never lays like, the track down coming. yeah 
I didn't see it coming. You know, this but season, there's, yeah, you didn't a, see it coming because they never like gave a hint about it. No, they did because like. his sister walks in on him masturbating and he's really embarrassed and you think it's just because he's masturbating, but then you realize later it's because he was masturbating to child porn. Well, it's fucking, it's mental in it. It's mental. Yeah, it's no, mental. totally. It's it is mental. Mental, mental have, with a yeah. W. Um. <laughs> there's a very, very bleak episode this season. I don't know if you guys have seen Crocodile. I really liked that one. Oh, I couldn't handle Crocodile. It was like, it crocodile just felt like is the beating one. yourself over the head I with mean, something there's sharp. there's a twist at the end that's like a little too stupid. It's just so, it's so depressing. But I also like sometimes those twists, because like sometimes the really bleak twists are just really funny, you know? But what, what what was the, tw- uh, oh no, don't tell me the twist in case we people can, haven't we can't, seen it. You but, don't want to know, but But know. I don't, but I, I did watch Crocodile. I just can't really remember it because I didn't really think it was that interesting. But that's the one with the insurance woman who has, and they, the they can yeah, recall the, the Spoiler memory. alert. No, wait, but seriously, spoiler. The twist seriously. is that she uh, murders the baby because she thinks it saw her murder someone else, but then right. the baby was blind. Yeah, that's stupid. But that's then like a some dog high saw school. her do that's it. No, high school not a dog, a guinea shit. pig. A guinea pig saw her. Which yeah. brings the- us back to rodents, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that episode I didn't like a lot. That also, side note, that song... Um, Anyone who knows what love is, Irma Thomas has, has been everywhere lately, and that 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 episode has a lot of repetition of it. It also was in Fifteen Million Merits, um, and another episode. There was in two episodes this season, I think, and Fifteen Million Merits, and maybe even another episode at some point. Yeah. The funniest thing about Crocodile is that it starts out with like her meeting a guy right before they commit a murder. And it's like a party scene with uh, like a gold frap song. Yeah. Which made me laugh a lot because I'm like, Charlie Brooker, like there's so much stuff about the 2000s in Black Mirror. Yeah. yeah. Like it was clearly a formative time for him. And he's maybe the only other person nostalgic for it besides Emily. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm lukewarm on gold frap, but. I'd, that was supposed to take place in the 2000s, I feel like. It's right, her, but I just love that they like past. used that her song dark, yeah. to be like, hey, it's blog the 2000s. Blockhouse <laughs> pasts. Our, yeah, our, people, our shadowy blockhouse pasts. People are always having like fond memories on Black Mirror of things taking place in the 2000s. <laughs> well, maybe it's because it's like making fun of our own nostalgia. and Just being like, no, you should be nostalgic for right now because it's about to get so bad. <laughs> oh, shit. You should enjoy it. Um, I, but we should talk about USS Callister because I think we all liked it and I I think what I liked about it is that like it neither did the because I was watching it and I was watching it with my fiance and we were and he's like he has something like are they you know how is she going to get out or she's is she going to get out of like because she gets basically put into this she gets a copy of herself made the main character or like the protagonist um, in this guy's simulation um, and I was like, she's not going to get out. It's an episode of Black Mirror. Not, everything ends poorly for everybody. And it neither disproved that nor proved like it was like an exactly. I, thought it, I thought it was right in between in a way that I thought was interesting and didn't seem coming see coming. 
the ending of it. And it's also like actually really funny. Um, the whole yeah, it's really funny. Well, also was funny was that Jesse Plemons, who has played, I believe, both uh, he he does like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Matt Damon in mm-hmm. that episode. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's he such a good his, call. Yeah. Right. That's my, shout out to my husband who <laughs> called it and then continued to call it every ten seconds throughout the episode. No, you're totally like, yep. right. Uh, and that episode does a really good job of like setting him up as like the nerd you feel bad for, and then twisting the knife and being like, "Don't feel bad for him." It's a sick reversal. It's really well it's done. Really good. Yeah. I'll. I'll. Yes. All nerd men. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's, I, yeah. it's like a Gamergate episode. It's yeah. also just beautiful because they so much effort went into making the fake merchandise for the fake show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was very like, that. I think when I heard like, there's a Star Trek episode, I was definitely not like, oh, I'm chomping at the to bit. enjoy that. Yeah. I did. Do yeah. you guys think it's the end of this, that the finale was the series Wait, finale? Do you guys think Seth MacFarlane's Star Trek parody show is just like his simulation where he traps oh, people? Oh, 100%. <laughs> he definitely has a simulation that he has he, like every single like dumb starlet who has ever like been dumb enough to get an eye scan, a retinal scan by him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they live in there forever. Uh, yeah. Or no, it was a DNA sample. That's what it was. Oh, yeah, from a lollipop. A lollipop. Yep. Oh, yeah, and also, like, um, uh, what's his face? Jimmy Simpson. Shout out to Jimmy Simpson being in everything now, Jimmy too. Shout out Jimmy Simpson, the sci-fi, sci-fi scream king. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I, I love... He was great, too, because he was very good as, like, the dick guy at work, who you're then, like, maybe he's just friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other guy's a dick. Yeah. No, I, I, I really like that one a lot. One's um, worse. You guys uh, see the Kirsten Dunst cameo? No. What? She's in the office because she uh, is uh, oh. engaged to Jesse Plemons in real life. So she just did like a cameo. She just what? like walks, walks by. She's in the background in like the office, one of the office scenes. Good catch. Uh-huh. It's full of, it has so many Easter eggs. It's almost like, it's almost too much. I too many it. eggs. <laughs> too, it's, too, it's an embarrassment of riches no, of I mean, eggs. I agree that I think that like making the connections is not as fun as like thinking about all the things they could be. You know, that was like right. the big true detective thing was like, ooh, it's fun to like try to solve this mystery, but like solving the mystery is maybe not actually that fun. And I also think with Black Mirror that like at its best, what it does is like open the portal to a weird other universe, nightmare yes. universe that we sort of live in already. Yeah. Um, I, I and- just, I get very frustrated with the I, a lot of aspects of the backlash on Black Mirror because I think a lot of the criticism is done by people, especially like when it's happening on Twitter. Like it's happening, it's like, it's like people saying, LOL, like how uncool to be, to critical or, you know, um, second guessing our nature as far as our addiction to tech technology or like our reliance on technology. And there's like, no, there's such a knee jerk defensiveness about it. I feel like because people don't want to think about like not using their phones. Yeah. There's that, there's that Charlie Brooker quote that I love about how phones are like the new cigarettes where it's like, except instead of taking five minutes off the end of your life, it takes five minutes out off your life right now. Cause you just like, <laughs> that is such a five, good quote. <laughs> it's so good. Cause it's true. It's like every minute you spend like staring at your screen is like a minute. You're not really experiencing reality. And like, we all, 
you know, definitely I was a person who was always like, I can multitask. I love to like read a magazine while watching TV with a computer open. Oh my God. How? <laughs> you don't actually get like any my, of them then. No, but I would get them all because I was getting them because if they're all like superficially administered things, you can get them all on a superficial level. It feels level. so luxurious. Yeah. But honestly, like all I'm I'm such an asshole. All I can talk about is like, oh, I quit Twitter and now I just like look at a sunset. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a little bit true. I'm like, I don't I don't miss it. And when I first got off it, it was so like quitting smoking. It oh, was it's like, really hard. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's I was difficult. like clicking, my, you know, picking up my phone every second to open Twitter and then like smoking. It's like if I stopped doing it for long enough, I didn't. It yeah. made me like sick if I do it again. I mean, I kind of I quit for a while and then I ended up coming back to it. But um, and I still, you know, use it and check it, but not a lot. And this past week while I was one working, re- like doing a ton of work, I had a ton of stuff I needed to work on. And also I was hanging out with people in Los Angeles and actually like seeing people face to face. And I was like, huh, funny how when you actually have stuff to do and, you know, spent put put time into seeing people face to face, you never actually want to look at Twitter. Like I like it was like the least interesting thing I could think of. Um, but apparently that's like it's like dorky to be, uh, I don't know, like anti Twitter now or something. I don't know. I think it's just like talking about these things as addictive substances is like not cool even though like wasn't video game addiction just like added to the dsm or something oh really well, i mean yeah. yeah like it's real there are people who like go to the hospital because they can't stop playing call of duty like yeah. it's not common but like you know on a certain level everyone is addicted to phones at this point and i yeah. remember just like crossing that bridge and being like I don't want to be one of these people who's like looking at their phone everywhere they go and then just becoming one. No, I, I mean, uh, now I just feel like every single day I'll be going, I'll, I'll, I'll be eating somewhere, like, you know, getting lunch somewhere. And I see some family, like a family of tourists or something in New York that are at a restaurant or cafe or whatever. And they're all, they're just sitting there and they're all on their phones and they're not even looking at each other or talking or doing anything during their entire meal. And it's just like, I don't want to be that. And maybe it's, it sounds so, crunchy and dumb to like I don't know be critical of that but I think that that's like a like an objectively poor quality of life no definitely <laughs> like I feel like it's okay to get back in touch with our inner like ad busters mm-hmm. because yeah. like the future like fucking google sponsoring calico and yeah. stuff like that you're like oh science shouldn't be like made by private companies that own everything and are then going to own how to live forever and can like sell it to the richest people and nobody else. Like it also got, (laughs) it's so oppressively sad over the past year because it used to be that when you would be checking Twitter all the time, like the sadness would be kind of levied by like a lot of silly stuff, but we're all kind of beaten down and shells of ourselves. I I think some people have turned on black mirror because they don't like watching something so bleak because it's like not escapist anymore. Uh, And I do feel that way about like a number of dystopian things where you're like, Oh, the dystopia is real now. So like, what do we put in our dystopias? Like I saw Emily and I were talking about the new purge movie, Mm -hmm. purge fan, purge hive fan, Emily Yoshida. It's called um, the first purge. They just I released saw the first purge, and I saw the poster is like yeah. "Make America the Purge Again." Yeah. Well, they have the. It's like the poster, the teaser poster is the the red hat, but it says um, I forget what it says. Yeah, I think it's I think like it just says the first purge on it. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I but mean, yeah, it's like, how do you, you know, what do you want in a sci-fi universe when the world feels so sci-fi? Well, the other thing, and then we should probably move on is I, I, and I don't want to second guess how people are reading the thing. Like you can read it however you want, but I do think that there's this tendency to think that, that Brooker is being like so dead serious or like, um, like there's a period at the end of every sentence of Black Mirror when I feel like it's mostly ellipses. Like it's yeah. it's a lot of just like like spitballing. Like what if this one thing that we had like like a few iterations later, what would it look like? It's all kind of questions, and I think that a lot of people are taking it as statements and like as as uh, ob- objective facts that he's laying out about tech. And it's it's I feel like it's much more speculative than declarative. Yeah, and it's speculative based on stuff that already exists. And maybe some people just don't want to think about, like, how is that the logical extension of this thing I'm already doing? Yeah. And, you know, we all, as we've talked about, let our phones just listen to us all the time, every day. Oh, man. Wait till we do the uh, Instagram is spying on us special. We're going to get kicked off the audio boom network (laughs) with a quickness. Uh, so we should wait for a year to do that. Let's just get. A year I should before. say though, if if you have conspiracy theories about your phone oh, listening to oh. you, or you have evidence to back it up, please call do us. call one two four zero four six nine two two four zero four six six four 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 eight. Please tell because us how your phone we is each have to you. our own like anecdotal uh, evidence of of that. But I'm always looking. And that was the thing where like, no one believed me. And then people have come to me constantly being like, you were right. My phone is listening to me even when Instagram's not open. Cause I get served ads for things I was just talking about. Yep. And then I was like, you know, I'm starting to get so paranoid that sometimes I'm like, am I getting ads for things I'm just thinking about? Whoa. Uh, And then, or like something I looked at a sign, but didn't like, and then somebody was like, told me who worked in that was like, oh no, they just like, they serve you ads based on where you go also. Yeah. Because it's like. There's geo. That's how I I started getting ads for this shop I went into exactly once and never, never ordered from, never searched, never anything. And then I started getting ads for it all the time because I went into it once. Um, Yeah. Fun stuff. So uh, once again. You can leave us a message. Give us a call at one two four zero four six night two four zero four six six four 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 eight, and we have our first call, our first ever night call this week, coming from friends of the pod and fellow Audio Boom podcasters, David Sims and Griffin Newman from the Blank Check Podcast. Um, so let's hear let's hear what they have to say. Hey, this is Griffin Newman. Hey, this is David Sims. We're from Blank Check with uh, Griffin and David. Yes. Um, and, uh, of course, we, we recently heard... On Molly Sleazy Friends, um, the question was raised, the episode that you guys were all on. Which Zodiac character would you be? Right. You got, not which member of the Zodiac calendar. Sure, not, no, not, not which sign. The Fincher film Zodiac. Yeah, which character? Are you a Ruffalo? Or are you a Downey Jr.? Or David Toshi, I believe, is the name you're talking well, about. Well, this is the character right. name. Right, shorthand so that's that's our question sure to you guys please answer it now so we never really did get to the bottom of it though who we are from zodiac are we an avery are we uh greensmith wait is that his name greensmith graysmith 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 greensmith um graysmith or uh toski um aka the robert downey jr the jake gyllenhaal and the mark ruffalo of the film 
I don't know. What are you guys feeling? What do you, what, what's your sign? What's your zodiac? <laughs> <laughs> I like how it seems like someone is asking us which one of us is the zodiac. Yes. <laughs> so which of you is responsible for the murders? Which which zodiac murder did you yeah. did you commit? Because obviously we know that they weren't all the same person. So. <laughs> um. Uh. Well, I said, because Tess uh, just showed up here today with a stack of papers printed out from the internet, and I decided that means that she's the Robert Graysmith. And I just took that. Well, because he's the one who, like, does all the research and has all the papers, all the files. He's a doodler. Yeah, He's well. a doodler. I'm a doodler. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Molly. Uh, Emily, you expressed an affinity for Ruffalo. Well, I feel like I'm I'm Mark Ruffalo in most movies if he shows up. So I and I do think I do think in this case too, especially when I was an editor, I feel like you have to be the no fun person a lot. And so I had sympathy for for Tosky because he's like a detective and he's not like he doesn't get to have crazy conspiracies or like go on crazy benders like like Robert Downey Jr. does. He kind of has to just like be a regular detective and like carry out the you know he gets to wear a cool sidearm though right like he does a, like a cool gun holster yeah and he has good ties he has bow ties i like his style a lot <laughs> probably of all of them um i really like Tosky's style um i do like how he kind of as as things go on and as gray smith kind of takes the case into his own hands i love the way that he sort of um, secretively aids him by like saying, "Well, I didn't tell you this, but blah blah blah." Um, so yeah. What about the animal? Oh yeah, he loves animal. Well, that's like such a that's I that's such a sticky thing. Like it's so it feels like something from another movie. Like oh, this cop, he's got his a, a real hankering for animal crackers. Well, he's um, also like a Columbo. Totally, yeah. Um, the trench coat. Yeah, so I don't know. I I have a soft spot for Tosky, and I feel like nobody else would pick him. Also, so my friends have a Columbo party apparently every year. It's it's a Columbo Halloween party where everyone just comes dressed as Columbo. Great! And this year it was apparently Columbo or Mark Ruffalo and Zodiac. Nice. <laughs> um, I feel like this is all pointing towards Molly being Avery, which I think is. Uh, I mean, I I know you want that houseboat. You know I want to be the Robert Downey Jr. character in anything. Yeah, I mean, me too. But when I'm honest up with until, myself. Up until Iron Man, at which point I don't care anymore. You don't want to be you an arms be dealer? Man? No, I don't want to be an arms dealer superhero. I want to demilitarize. De- <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite Downey? Is it this one or... Uh... I mean, there's just a string of performances where he's so amazing. Yeah. Uh, starting with less than zero. Yeah, I was going to say less than zero. RDJ is not too shabby. Heartbreaker. He just is himself. Um, and, uh, you know, Chaplin is a good movie. I enjoyed him in Wonder Boys. Where oh, yeah, someday we're going to talk about Tough Turf on here, like a whole episode devoted oh, to yeah, Tough Turf. Oh, yeah. Tough Turf I own on VHS. It's <laughs> the best guide to... Uh, got kim richards with like amazing barbie hair dancing on tabletops and um, spader spader so much (laughs) spader and spades uh (laughs) yeah no that movie is uh is a masterpiece yeah there's just you know i love kiss kiss bang bang there's just a long a long period where he's really great in everything uh and then he had that last little comeback and now he makes marvel movies yeah and i don't care Yep. But he could always do something. The judge. <laughs> uh, 
passion projects. Um, so I think that's it. I think that's our that's our our final answer. Molly is Avery, Tess is Graysmith, and I'm Toski. And that's it. There's no more argument. That it's settled. So, and if there's a murder that you need solved, then I think we can handle it on the podcast pretty easily because with our resources, yeah, and yeah. experience. And, and like we we don't care about confidentiality at all or like not discussing things on podcasts that should not be discussed on podcasts. So we'll totally like solve a murder on a podcast. It, we can totally solve a murder. Yeah. yeah, you have a murder. You have a cold case. Yeah, it has that. The new cereal. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we have a new cereal. We're gonna get sued by so many people. Um, no, don't even bring that into into the, uh, the sphere here. Toy, toy, toy. So that does it for this first episode of Night Call. And once again, please give us your night calls at 1240-466-4448. That's 1240-46-NIGHT. We'll be back next week talking about who knows what. And once again, I am Emily Oshida. And I'm Molly Lambert. And I'm Tess Lynch. We'll see you all on the other side. And please uh, rate review and subscribe to night call on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and if you leave us a really good review we might we might rate it uh write us some nice prose write us some some meaningful uh some meaningful poetry and we'll read it on air and thank you thank you in advance (laughs) (laughs) uh all right that's it bye With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 